Think about the different tests that we all have been through in our lives. Test of a relationship, a test of what kind of character or moral value we have or what we really believe in. And that happens in all types of relationship because life can really send things that challenge us to say whether we really are faithful to our promises, to our vows, to who our baptism says who we are. And we all go through these particular tests. Now, unhealthy test is when someone manipulates you just to put you through hell and make you test. That's not good testing, okay? Let's be clear about that because I don't want anyone to be manipulated in that way. Test that's being talked about is just things in life and relationships that happen to everyone. The test is probably the best word to use in Matthew's gospel today. The testing that comes from other spirits and the tester who we would say is the evil one. Matthew portrays the gospel in a Mediterranean world where spirits were very important in that time. Spirits maybe even got involved in human affairs as well as being present everywhere, both good spirits and bad spirits. So when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, as we heard a couple of months ago, a voice came from heaven that said, This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, the spirits of the underworld were ready. They're going to test that Jesus and find out, is he worth his title? Is he really who he says, or this voice says that he is? And that's why... He goes into the desert because that's where the spirits lived at, to be able to be tested. And in that, Matthew is writing to a community that is very Jewish, their whole background. And so he uses a lot of examples of the Old Testament to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. In fact, about 45% of the Old Testament scriptures or verses can be found in Matthew's gospel. And so those who are listening to this say, yeah, just like Israel was in the desert for 40 years, Jesus goes into the desert to be tempted and tested for 40 days. Now, remember, 40 is a biblical number that's just given, which really means a long time. It doesn't mean exactly like 40 days. How can you do without water and food for 40 days? I can barely make it four hours. How, am I gonna, how can anybody really do that, huh? So just remember that's kind of the language that's happening there. Now, the testing, there's three of them, but I'm only going to concentrate on the first one today. And it's the one about hunger. Remember, Israel was in a covenant relationship with God. And this is what God told the people. I will always be there for your concerns. I will always be there to provide for your needs. Do you you know that I promised that? Yes, yes, God. In turn, you must not only be reciprocal in that love, but you also have to love your neighbor. Show to me you're faithful to the, company, to the covenant by the way you treat each other, but most especially the lowly, the forgotten, the poor. And Israel goes, yeah, okay, we trust you. So they leave the slavery of Egypt, and for a long time they're in the desert. And guess what Israel does when it's 6 o'clock and dinner isn't there provided by God? They complain. Hey, God, where's our food? Where's our meal? In other words, they failed the test. 
to say that God will always provide. Jesus passes it because he tells the tester who says, wait a minute, God says he'll provide. And I trust that in his words and his promises, so I will not complain and I won't give in to that temptation. Israel is known to grumble and complain over and over and over again. As we enter this season of Lent, maybe we might want to look at one thing that everyone struggles with, including me. We complain. We complain. Every day we get up in the morning, there are people who are testing us, spirits, but also other people who test us to see if we'll complain with them. So when I get up in the morning, I listen to news commentators who invite me to complain. I follow people on social media, all types of people, and many of them invite me to complain. Some, that's all they do is invite me to complain. I PC people at the supermarket or in the parish. And whatever people are going through and they're not happy, they're hearing other voices, they invite me to complain. And so, what are we complaining about? A lot of times it's people to say, look what's wrong. Look what's wrong. And you know what? You should be just as angry as I am. Well, I don't know anything about it. Just be angry. (laughs) And we go, "Uh uh-huh, right? I mean, we have to be honest about that. Let me be angry so we know who to blame, who to demonize. Those people over there are not like us. They're the fault. To scapegoat, to divide. And my friends, you know I'm speaking truth here. We all struggle with it, including me. And yet, I'm going to say something that I know is very true for almost all of you. Your refrigerators have enough food for today. You all drove here freely, or rode here freely. No one stopped you from coming. You have a home. You live in comfort, and things that are blessings from God. And yet, we complain more than anyone on the face of the earth. And scripture would call it silliness. The silliness of things that you and I complain about. now. Let's be clear, there are some things to be angry about and strong when it's important. But it can't be everything, and it can't be a way of life. And our anger and our need to complain cannot cause division and pain and separation from others. Israel fails the test because they grumble and complain. I think we have to look during Lent to and say, you know what, maybe we don't need to complain. Because when you go out today, you're all going to be on your social media stuff. And trust me, there's some things I have to follow because I have to know what you people are thinking. Huh? <laughs> Thank God for the sports ones. And then sometimes they're bad. Huh? But no, really, there's some that are just purely negative. So I visit people and sometimes their whole world is wrapped around news 24-7. Boy, those cables, they, they, need, to, they need your ratings. They need your money. And so they got to create things. And you know what? There are people that I met that have never been happy for years. They rob people of peace and joy because we hear other voices called to arms, called to be against. Here's the problem. If only those people went away and thought like me. And that's how can, how can Lent be loving your neighbor? And so I'm going to invite you this Lent because this is for me too. 
let's not complain. Let's don't complain in a way that demonizes people, that causes division, that scapegoats, that blames. Just be aware for 40 days. Who are you listening to? And you know, I would challenge you to unfollow as much as you love hearing from them and trust them. Maybe some of us can really unfollow. Okay? Don't, don't stop following St. Patrick's or the Cardinals, okay? You know, <laughs> all other things on the table. But seriously, I think if we did that, there might be more peace in our lives because isn't that what the world needs? Here's the thing. Christians should be really good at not complaining. That's what we do best is not complain, really, because why? We trust in Jesus. We trust in God. We should be at our best. And you know, there's a history where we were really good. But today, you can't tell the difference between a Christian and someone who's never heard of God. We all act the same. And we follow them and we honor them and say, yes, let's follow their anger. Let's be like them. And let's blame people. That's not who we are. That's not who we're meant to be. And so happy Lent. I think it's something that you all to do. So when someone sees you on the street and say, what the homily is about, don't complain. <laughs> Just say, it was about not complaining, but being grateful what God has given us and to love our neighbor more.